You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So we had an email from one of our regular listeners, Shannon. Yeah. That the title of it was great just because his title was Oreo versus Straight Talk. I know which listener you're talking yep. about. Yep, and he was talking about the one of the shows we had a while back where you brought up the whole idea of the Oreo compliment. Yep. Or the Oreo approach approach to, to uh, g- giving feedback and critic and you know critical thoughts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I came at it from the other side of oh no 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 don't don't butt me just say it. And and so it's funny because that's the one thing I love about Sexy Marriage Radio and I love doing this show with you is the fact that we have different views on lots of things and that's perfectly okay yeah and i mean nowhere else can i think of that 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 kind of idea helps married life than man marriage it's because you're married to somebody that's different and if you're new to sexy marriage radio hey welcome thanks for joining us and just to be clear shannon and i are not married to each other but we do uh, represent you know 40 plus years of married life with our respected spouses and and it's great because not only do we have the male-female perspective, we also just have slightly varying thoughts. And neither one are right, neither one is wrong. They're, they're just different ways to view things. And I think that happens so much in married life that couples don't realize that's what's tripping them up. That their disagreement about something or the way they view something, there's nothing wrong. It's yeah. just different. Yeah. You want to know what else I love about the dynamic with this show, with you and I doing this together? Tell me is we're not censored. Like I don't have to worry about a boss will coming down the hall and opening the studio door and going, what did you just right. say there? You can't <laughs> say that word. You can't talk about that subject. I, I don't walk on eggshells with you, my friend. And I love that. Yep. I love that we give each other the freedom to just say what we want to say. Cause I think our listeners really like that. Well, I, I think that's a common theme in yes. so many emails that we get. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, of this show is that we want to go places that really do help people um, that really do talk about the things that lots of people will not talk about without being raunchy, rude or shock Crap. value. Yeah. But, yeah. but let's talk about it because if you're married, let's face it, there's lots of things that happen in married life and for sure in the bedroom when it comes to sex that nobody's really talking about. Yeah. And we don't just go there. We boldly go right. there. And boldly so, going where most men and wish someone would go to. <laughs> <laughs> kind of butchered that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I'm just going to kind of let that one I can't ride. I boldly go where no man has gone before because let's be real, men have, men go to this place in their heads all the time. Right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But so we, we want to hear from you, though. If you have something that you have heard on our show or heard something that you want that we you haven't heard and you want us to talk about it, please send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We love hearing from our listeners because that helps uh, set the stage for future episodes. We also love have people jump on iTunes. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review. Help us climb the charts, spread the word. And it's the holiday season, so we're asking, hey, tell your friends. Give them the gift of Sexy Marriage Radio. It's free. Free. <laughs> so, <Duh>. so spread <laughs> the word. your budget. <laughs> yeah, spread the word because we want, we want this message that married sex is the hotbed for sex to be spread as far as possible because there's lots of people th- that – that are just in, in a lot of pain and frustration when it comes to the sex life in their marriage. And yeah. it doesn't have to be that way. 
And, and when you think about the ripple effects on society as a whole, if married couples could learn to channel all of their sexual energies toward one another and create happy, rewarding, fulfilling marriages, wow, I mean, stronger marriages mean stronger families, yep. stronger families mean stronger society and extramarital affairs and divorces and broken homes, all that kind of stuff would be diminished yep. if we could just learn to maximize sexuality in our marriages. Yep. Yeah. I want the yeah. message to change to where... In any kind of Hollywoodization of of married life sex, to where it actually it's promoted as something that is great, not something where sex goes to die. Yeah, and I mean that's the running joke is that well, when you get married, it's gonna just go away. When no, yeah. no, 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 no. If you're if you're gonna have good hot sex, you better do it now while you're single, because yeah. when you're married, you're not getting any. It, that's it that's can be the so much more. And and this leads to a, a a topic for today, I think, Shannon, of just the idea of okay. We live life in root as routine people, don't we? Because because it, it all comes down to comfort. So we do things that make us comfortable. That's 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 the way I frame life, in mm-hmm. essence. Right. So anytime you have a pattern, a schedule, a routine, whatever, and either you or some other circumstance changes that, oftentimes it feels really really bad, doesn't it? You- yeah, when you mix something up, it kind of gets a little, yeah, it's like shaking a snow globe. It, yep. it kind of clouds things for a little while. Things yep. have to kind of settle back down after you stir them up. Yep. But stirring things up is exactly what we want our listeners to do. Right. Uh, I think that there's so much value in stirring things up. So one of the shows that we did recently was on in- initiating, especially if you're the type that you don't usually do the initiating of why should you relegate the responsibility of initiating to one person, probably the higher libido person, that the lower libido person you know, really can up their game and engage and you know, make things more interesting. Well, I was talking with a coaching client last night who listens to our show, and she told me a story. Uh, that I think so represents what we're going to talk about today about how sometimes things can just be awkward, but don't let that, you know, just kill your, um, your momentum. Uh, what she did was, um, she listened to the show and so she decided to go out and buy cute little matching lingerie set, little bra and panties and that she put them on and she called her husband back into the bedroom. And, um, at that moment, He was in the dining room helping the kids with some sort of school project or whatever. So he was kind of annoyed by the fact that he, she was trying to pull him away when he was fully engaged in something. And I think that there was, you know, kind of a race against the clock to get the, you know, get things wrapped up so the kids could get in bed or whatever. So basically she, she didn't pay as much attention to the timing of it all uh, as she could have or should have. But when he comes back to, see what it is that she wants. He's already in a, in a foul frame of mind. And so her effort fell flat, right? really flat. And so then later when she was like, you know, well, did you even notice what I was wearing when you came back? And he was like, yeah, I noticed. And she said, well, did it not turn you on? And he was like, well, no, I, I, you know, I just had too much going on. <laughs> Wasn't in the space. In the other room. Yeah. Right. He didn't have the bandwidth to incorporate that into his libido in that moment. So she, you know, of course it hurt her feelings and she felt rejected and she decided that, you know, well, I'm just going to take the kids and go out for the evening and just give you a break. And or this was like the next night that they were discussing it. And she said, I'm just going to take the kids, go out for the evening, give you a break. And, uh, you know, just for us both 
to kind of cool off about it all. And he said, you know, honestly, I don't want you to leave tonight. That my idea of a wonderful evening was to be at home with my wife and my kids. Mm -hmm. And if you take the kids and leave, then I'm alone. And that's not what I wanted. I want to be with you. And she said that meant more to me than if he had jumped my bones in the sexy lingerie. Right. Of just, so basically, uh, another one of our listeners uh, posted something on Facebook recently that said, if you kiss her mind, her body will follow. Yep. And he kissed her mind. Yep. He he affirmed her. He valued her. He humbled himself and expressed, you're important to me. And my idea of a fun evening was just to just be at home with you tonight. Right. And so it may be awkward when you do something different. Especially if you don't choose, you know, the most ideal moment or you catch him off guard or whatever, you catch her off guard. It may be awkward. It may be a rough and rocky takeoff such that you land that plane really fast and maybe you want to think, well, I'm not trying that again. Please don't take that approach because I did ask my client, I said, so do you think that you're ever going to try that approach again to just, you know, give him a little visual stimulation there? And at first she was like, well, I don't know. And I said, why would you not give that another try? Because my guess is, is that the first time, yeah, it catches him off guard, but subsequent times he might see it coming a little bit better and be a little bit more prepared to respond in the way that you wanted him to. Well, and she gets better at her timing and her delivery and her approach. Yeah. So it's on both sides. So it takes practice. Yep. It does it because change is difficult. I mean, change is going to be uncomfortable, even if it's going to, if your attempt is to prove, present blah i can't even talk right now even if they no to present something as positive you know i'm Ah. trying to create something positive i'm I'm improving things you know i I have this a whole lot with my clients that you know they're coming to therapy because there's something really going wrong there's something that's happening it's a chronic issue they're on the verge of divorce you know whatever and so what they're trying to create is actually something good you know they're trying to save things salvage it recreate something better but that's still even that work of improving things is uncomfortable at times. Just sure. Because if you think about it, intimacy is also going to produce uncomfortable feelings, just like it does comfortable feelings. Yeah. So when you're trying to change something, when you're trying to, you know, hey, wait, I'm going to up my game a little bit. I'm going to start speaking up when it comes to my sex life or my life, or I'm going to start being more provocative with my spouse or I'm going to be more proactive. Yeah. Or yeah. Proactive or I'm going to be more open with, with what I think about things or what I want to do or what I'm thinking or, you know, that's uncomfortable and it's not, not necessarily just uncomfortable for you. It can be uncomfortable for both of you because it's kind of like, Oh, that doesn't work. You know, that, that doesn't feel, and it, and it's a learning process because you're learning your spouse as well. And maybe if you go into it with the assumption that 70 to 80% of the new things that we try are probably not going to work. <laughs> right. But we'll, we'll never know what that 20 to 30% that will work is right. until we experiment. Right. So, yeah, one of the approaches that, um, not really approach, one of the responses that I would encourage spouses to offer when you do see your spouse putting themselves out there, whether it's putting on sexy lingerie or you walk in the bedroom and he's got candles lit or whatever, and you're really not in the mood, it's not going to fly maybe a good thing to do would be just to cup their cheeks in your hands and look at them eye to eye, give them a little peck on the nose or on the lips and say, I so love that you're doing this, but I'm going to have to give you a rain check because 
right now I'm just not in the moment, but I really want to be in this moment with you in the future when, when I can be right. so that you're at least affirming their attempt. Yeah. I think that is, uh, the affirmation is just as important as the appropriate response. Well, it's cause you're also trying to teach them how you want them with you too. I mean, that's, if yeah, you, think you don't about want it, them to make you feel stupid if right, you try something right. new. Because if you think about it, we're doing that all the time. I mean, that's a general truism in my world is you teach people how to treat you. Yes. And, and we do it all the time. And so, I mean, one of the things early on in this show with Sexy Marriage Radio um, with, that I was doing with Gina before you came along, Shannon, was we did a whole episode on the whole idea of sexting. And it wasn't really trying to do stuff that was really across the line, flat out inappropriate. It was just more utilize the technology of texts. Mm-hmm. To, to create tension to connect yeah to connect yeah. and create tension and, and light a fire and stuff so i was while we're doing these shows and and talking about it, i'm doing that with pam and it wasn't until like a several days or so of doing that that she finally came home one day and she said you know that does nothing for me that's just a distraction you know that uh, i got i get nothing out of that i'm like okay now I know. I'll stop. <laughs> so there you like, go. I'm not going to keep rather... doing something that's not working. You know. Yeah, that's... you'd rather know than not know. Absolutely, that's for sure. So it's yeah. it's just realizing that. Okay, how how what am I teaching in this moment? You know, how am I changing things? How am I interacting? Am I am I speaking to the best of my partner and myself? And those are the things I think that if if we realize that, that we realize change, it it can work and it and it does create good things but there's uncomfortable things about it and the best example i can think of and you brought this up before we started the show was think of a family where one of the spouses has been deployed for for like six months or a year or they're a business traveler and they're gone for long spans of of time you you get in you get in a real good routine while you're apart you know the family's kind of rocking along Everybody's got their different roles that they've picked up the slack for whoever's missing, and you just kind of move right along. And then when they come back, there's a disruption to that system. It's just natural. Even though coming home is a great thing, there's still lots of turmoil that can happen. I I couldn't agree more because we actually had this conversation last night sitting in the hot tub. We, we were just at a place where, quite frankly, the vacillator in me was feeling disconnected from the avoider in him. And we were just kind of dissecting, you know, what what has happened over the past week that has led us to feeling this way? Because we had a really great holiday and it, it, there hadn't been anything like really big that happened. But what we recognized is I had been out of town for about 10 days uh, and I came back in town like two days before Thanksgiving. So you can imagine stepping back in after being gone for 10 days. And during those 10 days, Greg gets very independent. I mean, he's taking care of, you know, all of his own stuff. And he just kind of gets in that zone where he's just really, really productive, which is good for work or for household stuff. But it's not great for a relationship. And so he just kind of continued rocking on in his independent mode. And I'm busy trying to get stuff for the ho- ready for the holidays. And then we had this gorgeous weekend in Texas, the weekend after Thanksgiving, where it was like 73 degrees, bright and sunny. And I had kind of envisioned, well, let's spend some quality time together. Let's go for a walk. Let's soak up some sunshine. Let's take your boat out and go fishing. Let's do something together. But he wanted to hang Christmas lights before it got cold again. Right. And so it's just one of those things where – we weren't re-engaging very yep. well after the long, lengthy separation. Yep. 
And so pay attention to when it is awkward between the two of you. Has there been a season of separation? And even even if it's just we've physically been in the same place, but our our attentions have been in opposite directions. We've just been distracted with whether it's kids, whether it's work, whether it's, you know, bills or whatever. What is it that you guys have been gravitating toward instead of each other and carve out a time? And basically what we did is, you know, Greg said, let's go to dinner together. And so we went and worked out first so we wouldn't feel get, feel guilty about all the calories that we were ingesting <laughs> over dinner. And then we had good conversation over dinner that continued in the hot tub. And so it's like you have to press the pause button on yep. life sometimes and talk through the awkwardness of you know what's going on here because we both want the same thing right and that's i think that's just naming what's going on between you it's just okay wait the, if if you can recognize that we're just not in sync right now yeah then name it you know claim it and just say hey i feel like things are just off and it's amazing what that just that statement alone changes some of the tension Yes. And it lessens it a little bit. It doesn't make the elephant in the room go away, but it does. I mean, I've had that where my routine at home is I pick up the kids from school typically because my client load, I can shift around. And then Pam comes home, you know, four or five, depending on what her workload is. So I, when we get home from school, there's a, a set routine I have with the kids involving homework and snack and some of the practice things they need to do before they can play. And when one day, just not too long ago, Pam was home. So all four of us were home at the same time. And there was just a disruption. Different dynamic. Yeah, because what she wanted them to be doing with homework was different than the way I normally do it. And so it was just kind of this whole, everybody was off a little bit. And so I finally just said, hey, does one of us need to step out whenever it comes time to doing homework and stuff to let one person just kind of take the lead? I don't care which one that is, but because we had the same goal, but... Uh, and just talking about it changed it to where we both now all of a sudden realize, wait, we want the same thing. So yeah, what's I the hear deal? women, I hear women whose husbands are deployed for long periods of time, say something similar that when he comes home, they're just so used to doing things yeah. their way. Yeah. And then he walks back in and is making attempts to re-engage with the kids, to re-enter their lives, to re-enter the family schedule and, yeah. you know, cr create the pattern where he's a part of it, not, you know, detached from it. And that can be really hard for women to let go of their control when what they were doing without him was really working. Right. But it is so vitally important to remember that how you operate as a family of, you know, of, you know, whether it's three and one is deployed or what you, you have to operate as that family of four or, you know, whatever the number is when you're all present that some adjustments are going to have to be made in order to make that person feel included. Right. You can't just keep rocking and rolling along with that person on the sidelines. And I know that the temptation, I know for me as a vacillator, when you feel as if things aren't going your way and you're not getting the emotional attention that you want or the sexual response that you want or whatever, the temptation can be just to disengage further. Right. And that is a recipe for more and more tension. Right. That you you need to look for opportunities where you can reach out, even if it's just for a hug as they're passing in the hallway, even if it's just 
you know, what I wish I had done over the weekend is while Greg was busy hanging lights, I wish I had taken him a snack and said, take a break, you know, just come down here, sit down and sip lemonade with me for 10 minutes. And let me just tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing, because I know you're trying to get the house all ready before our daughter comes home from college for the holidays. And it's just so great that you can do this. And I should have done that. Okay. But I didn't. I pouted. My bad. (laughs) My bad. Well, it's, I would want our listeners to realize that, you know, the process of their relationship with their spouse and the process of their relationship with their, with their family is a system. And so what systems want is homeostasis, which that means the things to, for the pattern to be the normal pattern of whatever it may be. And so however you normally interact without the, throughout the day, that's kind of what is known. That's what the system has established. And so anytime somebody wants to change it, the system wants to go back to what it knows, and that's why we, re- we resist change sometimes. It's because my wife all of a sudden does something different that impacts me, and I wanted to go back to what I knew and what, it, what was comfortable. And mm. so if I can realize, okay, wait, anytime I'm reestablishing a new system, there's going to be discomforting feelings involved. There's going to be things that are just, ah, I don't like this. And if I don't take that as a personal attack, I just see it as, okay, wait, this is just establishing a different norm. This is just change. This is just, it's not a, my spouse isn't intentionally doing something. You know, Greg's not intentionally hanging lights to get under your skin. <laughs> he's, he's doing that because that's something that's a priority to him. And, and if I realize, wait, this isn't a personal attack. Wait, now what I can do, I can do something different with this. You know, I could go out and offer a snack and say, hey, I'm, or I just go hang out with you for a little yeah. bit. And and so it's just recognizing there's other things at play that aren't personal. And the more I can do that, the more I can really be present and really connect and really offer up things that do bring about good change. And I was working with a, a couple uh, just this week and they were both complaining that each other never does this and never does that. And you know, just the blame game over and over. And I finally just kind of interrupted the cycle and said, you know, I see two dynamics at play here and I'm guilt. I'm, I'm saying this because I recognize I'm guilty of the same thing this past weekend, but I said, you're both saying that you want the same thing in this marriage. What I think the problem is, is that you're both being very selfish and immature that you want the other person to do it first. Yep. And you're pouting when yep. they don't do it yep. rather than just putting on your big girl panties and your big boy boxers and going, you know what, if that's what I want in this marriage, then I'm going to give it to yep. get it. I'm, I'm going to initiate. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to start something new. I'm going to give them what I know would mean something to them. I'm going to speak their love language that when you do that, their response is so natural. But if you're just sitting on the sidelines pouting and waiting for them to do it, chances are they're sitting on the sidelines pouting and waiting for the same thing. Right. You know, it's like a standoff. It's amazing how often that happens in my office as well. Of When they go through and unpack their story, what I hear them saying is they want the same thing. They're just not seeing it coming in the manner they want. And mm-hmm. the, the analogy I use is, so you both, you both claim you want to swim. You know, let's say you have this really nice pool oasis in your backyard and you both enjoy swimming and you both say you want to swim, but you're both sitting at the side with your feet in the water waiting for your spouse to jump in first so that then you can <laughs> jump in. But what you're saying is you want to swim. So if you want to swim, swim. Right. And then let your spouse right. decide what they want to do. And 
it's maybe you end up swimming alone for a time, whatever. But if you want to swim, swim. And that's the yeah, whole the goal. Person, the person sitting on that sideline watching their spouse swim, there's no way that they're going to be able to resist the temptation of diving in. Well, if, if no? that's what they're saying, if what they really want is that, then you're exactly right. But yeah. what it does is that puts the whole system in this whole, uh-oh, now I have to really decide, am I in this thing or not? And do I want to be a part of this life or not? And th- those are the things that we try to skirt. And we skirt them by acting like we can't, we're hard of hearing or we have ADD or <laughs> other things that we have figured out to survive. And I don't know. It, it, to me, it's, it's really all about if I want something in my life, am I living according to that? Yeah. Are you leading by example? Right. Are you, are you teaching them how to treat you? Right. And, you know, I'm so glad that we're talking about this right here before the holidays because I do think that the Christmas season is the most stressful time of year and it can be so easy to get so engaged in other things that you get disengaged from each other and it can be very awkward to try to reconnect and you know one of the things that I'm frequently reminding clients of and remind myself of frequently is that it's not just about what I want to give my spouse and it's not just about what I want to get from my spouse it's a gift that I'm giving my kids for them to see that their mom and dad are strong together, that they're, they've got each other's backs. They support each other. Um, I I have clients who they're just so stressed about the fact that their parents, I mean, their parents themselves, but their own parents have grown old and so bitter and, and just full of resentment in their own marriage relationship. And they're thinking, I don't think that they're going to take care of each other. So when one of them starts to get sick, I think it's going to fall. And it just right. creates so many ripple effects throughout right. your life when your parents don't get along. Yeah. But when your parents do get along, you can focus on your own life. You you aren't distracted with the burden and the pressure of how am I going to deal with my parents who are at each other's throats all the time. Yep. So connect, give your kids that gift. That is more important than any Christmas gift you could possibly put under that tree is to let your kids see that y'all love each other. Yep, and this is this is something that Pam and I have done, and I've mentioned this before years ago, that we have a tradition because we don't do a whole lot of Christmas shopping with our family. We kind of have been able to finagle it, I guess you could say, to giving, less, giving less gifts and Good. actually spending more time. That's the whole point. Yeah. But what we do for us as a couple is we set aside a day where we each take a day off work that's on a school day. And we take the kids to school, and then we go shopping all day. And we do it all in one day. And mm-hmm. and we look forward to that day because it's actually a fun day that we get to – we take the kids, we drop them off, and then we go, and we have a nice lunch somewhere, and we come home and wrap some presents and unwrap some others. And yeah, that was a little joke right there. But it's um, – <laughs> and then we go oh, pick I up – and then we pick up the kids. and it, But it, it's become this ritual of, okay, what day are we doing this? And And we look forward to that. And it is one of those That's that – it's it's a change of the season that it's not just okay now who do we have to buy for now oh yeah we haven't done that it, okay wait let's just set aside a whole day to actually do that together that could be a lot of fun and well, and I know there are some women out there listening to this who are already feeling the resentment rise because their husbands aren't as engaged in the whole process of buying and wrapping and decorating and all yeah husbands don't leave it all to your right. wives to handle it's overwhelming right. to to do everything that needs to be done so work together as a team and i love that you've made it a date day yeah and we've had i've had other listeners 
that have emailed in from years ago saying, we've started doing that and it's so great. And that's a great, simple way to, to kind of change it up to where, all right, I'm making my marriage a priority and I'm going to set aside some time to do that. And we got to get some tasks done. So what? You know, date night doesn't always have to be some nice romantic restaurant. And, you know, lots of times where we get weekends away, we spend it at Target, you know, taking care of some of the things we got to get taken care of, but we're doing it together. That's the point. Yeah. And, and since I gave dads a little shaking there, let me go ahead and give moms a little shaking too. <laughs> you don't have to be the one who does it all. Right. You don't have to wear a, a, a super Santa cape. Uh, let other people in the family have some of the responsibilities. One of the things that we started doing several years ago, as soon as my kids were old enough, is we just said, okay, the, the Santa thing, we're, we're, you know, you guys know that that's, you know, not really how it works. So here's what we're going to do. What? Is, yeah. yeah. Oh. Sorry if there's anybody out there who, yeah. Um, I'm assuming that kids are not listening to our show. <laughs> Probably not. Ho- hopefully. But what we said is, look, you know, three presents were enough for Jesus and three presents are enough for each of you. And so what we're going to do is, you know, there's four of us in our family. Each person buys one gift for each of the other family members. Oh. And so each of us have three gifts to open on Christmas morning and the rest, we give it to the kids in cash. Cause that's what they need. That is what they need as teenagers and, and young adults. And Not so bad idea that has worked. So now I only have to buy three gifts yep. for each of my family members. And I don't try to buy for everybody else to give to everybody else. Yep. So relegate some of the responsibilities. That's good. I like that idea. Yeah. Well, it is one of those that, you know, change is difficult because along with the whole idea of, of making things better means there might be some uncomfortable pine, you know, moments and parts of life. And I would just say to anybody that's hearing this whole conversation, you know, stick with the discomfort because learning to tolerate that actually puts you in a better position to handle the good things that are on the other end. Yeah, and not everything is going to go according to your fantasy. In fact, very few things go yep. according to the fantasy. Yep. So just expect a rocky takeoff on occasion, yep. but land in a soft spot. Just keep your heart soft toward each other, right. especially during a holiday season. Right, because it's not failure. It's just another way to not do something. Yeah, and hey, speaking <laughs> of the holiday season and gift-giving, we want to remind everybody that if you'll go to SexyMarriageRadio.com, we've got coupons on there for 10% yep. off a a Women at the Well four-day intensive workshop, Give the Gift of Sexual Healing, or, uh, Corey, tell them what you're offering with Mine, Simple Marriage. Well, I just launched uh, Sex Like You're on Vacation, and actually, I'm not doing 10%, Shannon. I'm doing 45%. Whoa, make me look bad. No, because our price <laughs> values are different. So right. it makes a difference. It makes a difference. So, but it's there, and we would love for you to share that and and help improve your marriage, your life, your healing, and everything this holiday season. Just because that's what makes everything better in the long run. It's not just a season; it's actually a life. Yep, our gift to you. Yep. So thank you for joining us. If we got something that we did not cover that you want covered, hey, let us know. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So. I wish, on behalf of Shannon and I, we wish to you a happy holiday season, and we hope to see you again next time. Indeed. God bless.